The hot topic today evolves around the question of how to handle multiple offers. In this market of high demand and low inventory, we have several buyers competing for one property. Buyers feel desperate, sellers feel emboldened, and it goes downhill from there. I have seen some crazy offers, such as unreasonably high offers of non-refundable earnest money, agreement to buy sight unseen with no option period, and sales prices 100,000 or more over list price. Then I've seen the sellers saying that the buyers have to take it or leave it, and they refuse to consider any negotiation for repairs or reasonable contingencies in the contract. Last week, I discussed the issue of what sellers think is a take it or leave it sale, or really selling as is. They think they don't have to disclose and the buyer doesn't have the right to subsequently ask for an amendment for repairs. This week though, I wanna talk about buyers who offer significantly more than list price and sellers who accept those offers, rejecting more verified offers. When buyer pays significantly more than list price, are we making sure buyer has the financial means to do so? It is interesting to watch the markets focus on the appraisal addendum, which states that if the lender's appraisal comes in lower than a specified amount, such that the lender has to lower the loan amount in the contract, the buyer agrees to make up the difference by increasing the amount of the cash down payment. Does the seller verify that the buyer even has that additional cash? If buyer doesn't have that additional cash, irrespective of what they sign in the contract, all it is is the buyer's in default. But what good does that do to a seller? A high offer looks good, but if it is incapable of closing, it is no good. The seller is looking to you to bring him or her a viable offer not just one that will result in a settlement or lawsuit for default. With desperate buyers, I certainly hope the buyer's agent verifies the buyers have the additional cash before presenting the appraisal addendum as a negotiating tool. When buyers are desperate, more than ever, they need their agent's help in negotiating a contract under which they can perform. As a side note, most of you have heard me talk about that appraisal addendum and how I strongly encourage you to avoid using the addendum. Instead, adjust the cash down payment and loan amount to affect what is in that addendum. Everything the addendum does is really a matter of the size of the loan and the amount of the down payment. As to the issue of depositing non-refundable earnest money, the question becomes, is there really such a thing? One, you know how hard it is to get earnest money out of the title company if the person who purportedly owes it demands that it not be paid out. Secondly, earnest money is not to be used as a penalty. It is considered a measure of predetermined damages a seller may have if buyer defaults. It is one of seller's remedies if a buyer defaults. So what if the buyer does not default, but seller does? What if seller cannot perform through no fault of his own, title matters or casualty losses, for example? Is earnest money not refundable? There is a case in Texas that has already opined that earnest money cannot be used as a penalty. Finally, think of the reflection on our industry. Because buyer is desperate, they make bad decisions. We advise against, but they do it anyway. And in the end, it will be our fault. 
And then what does a buyer who has lost out on multiple offers think when they lose another offer to a buyer who is also represented by the listing agent? The perspective is not good. Did the listing agent violate their ethical duty to be fair to all parties? Buyers who take as is because that is the only way they can win the contract often forget after moving in. After all, they remember they paid a premium for the house. In the worst case scenario, the buyers blame their agent and want some money for repairs from their agent. In the least, buyers will never give you a referral. They forget how the competition was so fierce. In my opinion, what makes one offer stand out is the offer is simple, clean, appears reasonable with few contingencies or contingencies that can be realistically met, closes within a reasonable time, provides proof of financial ability, and compensates sufficiently for an option period. What is fair value for the seller to stay bound to the buyer while buyer is not bound to the seller? Additionally, if a buyer is offering above list price, the loan amount in the contract should reflect a, as a percentage of the list price and not the ultimate sales price, which means that the cash down payment makes up the difference. Finally, I rarely see this used, but when you have a buyer that is confident of his ability to be financially approved for the loan, the buyer can waive the contingency as to buyer approval. Under the third-party financing addendum regarding buyer approval, there are two boxes. If the first box is checked, the contract is subject to buyer obtaining buyer approval as it is defined in the contract. If the second box is checked, buyer waives that contingency. The use of cover letters to contracts offer, offers expressing buyer's hopes and dreams for the property has become a common practice. The more sincere and authentic ones are the most impactful. From the listing agent standpoint, however, these can create some potential liabilities. Cries of discrimination sometimes arise when a seller picks one buyer over another. This video is just to help you think about the types of issues to address in this multiple offer market. If you have ideas for future videos or comments to this video, please email us at tipoftheweek at allegiancetitle.com. Thank you.